Turn with me, please, if you would, to Ephesians, the fourth chapter. For some weeks now, we've been on this uh, series, we're calling it No Place for the Devil. No Place for the Devil. And this is based on this verse right here in Ephesians, fourth chapter. This entire fourth chapter is, uh, there's a lot about this here. And also in the 6th chapter, actually in chapters 1 and 2 as well, (laughs) well it all flows together. This wasn't written in chapter and verse, it was a letter and it's inspired by the Spirit and so you'll see a theme that's woven throughout it, so many wonderful things. One of the greatest evidences of God's, the reality of God is His Word the perfection of it. It's just astounding, the perfection of it, the um, pinpoint accuracy of prophecies over thousands of years and tens of thousands of years. Someone who is above and over time, seeing the end from the beginning. (laughs) If you don't acknowledge the reality of God, you're just, you know, you're either not seeing the word or you're not being honest because there's no other way it could say what it does and and reveal what it does except for the view of the creator. In this fourth chapter of Ephesians, he talked in verse 22 about putting off the old man Verse 24, putting on the new man. And in verse 25, part of putting off the old man is putting away lying. Putting away lying. Now he's writing to born again, tongue talking people and telling them to quit lying. Why in the world would you need to do that? Well, because they were lying, yeah. (laughs) And because even though you're born again, you still got flesh. And you, you don't have to resist the wrong thing. You don't have to yield to the right thing. You can yield to whatever you choose to. And all too often when people get embarrassed are scared, are trying to impress, or a number of reasons, they stretch the truth, they break the truth, they lie. And it'd be hard to find a, an adult that had never told a lie. And it's, some say, well, you know, it's, I guess it's a common thing. It's an extraordinarily evil thing. It's just about as bad a thing as you can do. Say what? You heard me. Because it is yielding to the devil. You can't get a lie from God. Are y'all with me? The only, only help you can get trying to deceive someone is from the deceiver himself. And It is the nature of the devil himself to lie. It's one of the most devilish 
things, ungodly things a person can do. It's much more serious than most people think it is or acknowledge. You do not want to be flippant about lying. Sometimes people say, you, you know things they shouldn't say. Well, you know, you know, I guess I lied to you. No, if you made a mistake, you didn't try to deceive them. That's not the same thing. Well, don't, don't make me lie to you. That shouldn't be an option. You either tell the truth or you don't say anything. Right? You don't have to answer every question. I've had numerous times people try to push me for information on something, and I've just had to tell them sometimes, well, I, well what'd you, you know, what about this? And I said, well, I, I didn't say. You didn't say. No, I didn't say. Well, so, so what about it? Like I said, I didn't say. You don't have to, but if you do say something, it must be the truth to the best of your knowledge or elsewise. You are doing something that God absolutely hates. There are multiple scriptures that say this. He hates lies. And you're doing something that the devil fathered. He's the father. He's a liar. And he's the father of it. So you want to agree with God and despise lying. Not judge people for lying. But just get a hold of yourself. And if any of you told a lie this morning, repent and put down a pillar in your being and say, that's it. I'm done with lying. You got to be willing. If it costs you big time, you are not going to lie. You don't lie for anybody. You might say, well, well, I mean, what about your kids? What about your spouse? Do you want God's help in your life or not? Well, you can't be yielding to the devil and expecting God's help. If you yield to the enemy, you're going to get the enemy's activity. And so he said, put away lying. In other words, be done with it. Everybody say, put away lying. Put away lying. And speak every man truth with his neighbor for we are members one of another. When, you, when we lie to each other, we're lying to ourselves. He should be angry and sin not. That's another thing, major thing, you should not yield to. Don't lie and don't yield to anger. You can be mad without sinning. God gets mad. Jesus gets angry. He, he was, became angry. But he never sinned. Can you see that? Just because you get mad doesn't mean you have to act out. Doesn't mean you have to lose control and, and say things that you should never say. Doesn't mean you got to cuss. We've got too many cussing Christians. That's not our language. We're blessers. Not cursers. Blessers. Not dammers. If you're having trouble with your car, last thing you want to do is cuss it. Damn it. It's already having problems. Is that right? <laughs> you better bless it so it'll work as long as you need it. Is that right? 
your house, your plumbing, your TV, whatever it is. How many understand? It's a dumb thing to curse your own stuff. That is dumb. You know, people stomp their toe and then curse their toe. Blankety blank toe? Are you dumb? You want that toe to fall off or you want it to do good? You want it? You better bless it. You better speak healing over it. Is that right? Speak strength into it. Be angry, but what? Don't sin. And don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Why would he say that? Well, the very next phrase, what does it say? Neither give place to the devil. If you fume, if you brood all day, all night, next morning, you get up, you're more upset about it than you were the day before. What's happening? You are allowing the enemy to come into your life. You're giving place to him. And you know what he will do if you give him place? He will steal. He will kill. He will destroy. And a lot of foolish people turn around blaming on God. So we see two big things that give place to the enemy. Lying and anger. Don't give place to the devil. Neither give place to the devil. Say it out loud. Don't give place. Don't give any place to the devil. Look with me over in uh, Colossians, please. Colossians 1 and 12. He said, giving thanks unto the Father, which has made us meet or fit to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. This is such a, a reason to thank God. You and I were not fit to be partakers of this holy thing. But he has made us fit. Hallelujah. By the blood of the Lamb. And by his, his holiness and his righteousness, he's made us meet or fit or able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in life. He has delivered, verse 13, did, did the Lord make us fit and able to be in the family of God, to be accepted by God? What else did he do? He delivered us. From the power of darkness. That's all the enemy's power. That there is a devil. There are demons and evil spirits. But the child of God should not be afraid of them at all. If you're afraid of them, you don't know who you are. You don't know what you have. You don't know what they are. They're not these monsters that Hollywood has portrayed them to be. That's a bunch of junk. That's actually inspired by the enemy. He's always trying to put fear into people. No, you, as a child of God, are delivered Amen. from the power, from the authority of darkness. You've been translated into the kingdom of God's dear son. You're in a different kingdom. You're in a different family. The devil no longer has any authority over you. None of the spirits, principalities, powers, rulers of the darkness of this world, none of them have authority over the child of God. In fact, you have authority in the name of Jesus over them. 
Most Christians don't know this. Even if they assent to it, it's not real to them and they don't walk in it. But you and I are going to camp on this for a while longer. Hallelujah. Because even when we finish this, I already see something that's a companion to it. That'll just take us on to the next place. It'll have a lot to do with it. But it's what we're talking about right now. Our authority. Anybody interested in this? Our authority. That we have been given in Christ Jesus. We are to rule and reign in life by the anointed Messiah. Whoo. <laughs> Boy, it gets real to you. You get to where the enemy just can't do much with you. Except flee. <laughs> Say it out loud. I've been delivered. From all the authority and power of darkness. See, the, everybody that's not born again is ruled over by these evil spirits. Most of them don't even realize it. They're not even aware of what's going on. But 2 Corinthians 4 talks about the, the whole world. And 1 John does. The whole world lies in darkness and, and the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not. But you and I are not in that kingdom. Amen. We are not in the kingdom of darkness. And so the rulers of the darkness have no authority over me. Amen. You too? Amen. I said they have no authority over me. Amen. And say, I can't believe that for you. I can tell you that, but I can't believe it for you. Do you believe it? Amen. Do you accept it? Not what I said. I just read scripture. Amen. Right? Come on, say it out loud. I've been delivered. I've been delivered. From, all From all the power of darkness. Of darkness. I'm, not darkness. I'm not in the kingdom of darkness. I'm in the kingdom, in the kingdom. Of, God's son. of God's son. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the eternal kingdom. Soon and very soon, the kingdom of darkness will be no more. Have you read the back of the book? The devil and his cohorts are going to be cast into the lake of fire. Their kingdom will be over. They'll have no influence on this planet or anywhere else. And soon and very soon, all the kingdoms that are down here, all the nations and their power and authority, they will be no more either. In fact, this earth will be no more. The elements are going to melt with fervent heat. And there's going to be a new heaven. And a new earth. Hallelujah. And we are going to rule and reign with him where there's no devil, no kingdom of darkness, no curse, no sorrow, no dying, no pain, no crying. That's your future, brother. That's not fantasy. That's your certain future. If, if you're a believer. If you're not a believer, that's not your future. There's only one other place to go. And if you reject God, that means you've embraced his enemy and you get to go be with his enemy. In a place that was not prepared for you. But if you don't want God, there's only one other group. There's only one other place to go, one other place to be. And it wasn't God's choice. It was yours. 
How many are so thankful for the mercy and grace of God that he's allowed you to see your lost condition, allowed you to see the truth of the gospel, and by his grace you have been saved through faith, your faith not of works, hallelujah, but by his mercy and grace. Keep, Keep reading this. Verse 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God. Say it out loud, the invisible God. The firstborn of every creature, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him and he is before all things and by him all things consist and he is the head of the body, the church, who's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell talking about our Lord and Master, the head of the church, Jesus. But notice this this phrase, the invisible God, and how that everything created includes visible and invisible. Hebrews 11 tells us that all the things that are created, the earth, everything you can see, was created not out of things you can see. Now, I've heard people say, well, God created it out of nothing. It didn't say that. It didn't say he created it out of nothing. He created it out of things you can't see. That means there's a dimension that is very real. It exists. It's not a fantasy. But it is undetectable to physical examination. You can't see it. You can't touch it. You can't hear it with a physical ear. It is real, but unseen. I mean, even uh, even unbelieving physicists believe this. I'm talking, when I say unbelieving, that don't believe in God. Believe in the existence of dimensions that you cannot see. And the reason they believe this is because they see their effect on things that are seen. And uh, the reason I talk about this is because even though we've gone over it and, and repeated it, it's still not real to most people, the activity in the unseen realm and the influence in the unseen realm. People get in usually in one ditch or the other. They either deny its existence or act like it doesn't exist or they're afraid of it. It scares them. It bothers them. And so again, they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to deal with it. So it plays right into the enemy's hand because the scripture tells us in Ephesians 6, that we must stand against the wiles of the the devil. And wiles has to do with his trickery. He is very sophisticated. 
he's very complicated. That's one of the ways he tricks human beings is through complexity. Uh, look with me, if you would, in uh, Matthew. I tell you, on your way to Matthew, this is a good one here. <laughs> well, go to Luke. You'll be you'll be close by if you do that. Go to Luke. Jesus said this. Luke twenty four, after Jesus had raised from the dead. Now let's just stop right here. Where did he go? His body was dead. They took it down off the cross. It was dead. It was lifeless. There was no breath. No heartbeat. And they took him and laid. They took his body. Now did you notice how I corrected that? You want to correct that in your thinking all the time. I had a minister a while back tell me. They said well I, I guess they'll bury me over there. At such and such place. I said, no, they won't. They looked at me. They said, well, that's our plan. I said, it'll never happen. <laughs> well, what? what do you mean, Brother Keith? I said, you won't be here. They may bury your body, but they won't bury you. I'm, I'm not just being technical about words. You need to make an adjustment in your thinking. You see people come into the funeral home or, or whatever and go, well, well where, where are they? Where are they? And they want to know where the casket is. They're not there. Or you see people go out to the cemetery. Well, I went out and talked to mama today. You did not. You said some stuff over a tombstone. Mama's not there. Y'all with me or not? We need to get rid of this junk. When the spirit leaves the body... It doesn't hang around and haunt places. Now the reason that seems plausible and possible is because there are spirits who do things and who mimic people. And were, you ever heard of a familiar spirit? Familiar with what? They were, their spirits that were familiar and intimate with people when they lived. So they know all kind of things about them. And that's why if people get involved with spiritists and seances and this kind of thing, it's possible. A lot of these folks are just phonies. There's nothing to it. But there are some that do yield to wrong spirits and try to act like it's somebody from the dead talking to them but it is all in an effort to deceive. They are lying spirits, deceiving spirits, and you're a fool if you mess with them. Know the truth. That's also why reincarnation seems possible to some people, because you will see influences where people know things about folks that lived hundreds of years ago and they go, well, they're an old soul. They are not. It's their first and only time through here. Do not pick up the junk of the world and put it in your vocabulary and talk such nonsense. They're lies. 
Their deception. Their reasons why the Lord, his first covenant people, he forbade them to have anything to do. Is that right? With spiritists and, and all these other things. He forbade it. Why? Because it is real. It is spiritual. But it's not what it's portraying itself to be. Lying spirits. Deceiving spirits. That have been around for hundreds of years. For thousands of years. And they have picked up all kind of stuff. And they've learned all kind of things. But they are not the human beings they're representing. Don't listen to it. Don't be fooled. Don't be deceived. This is the big battle. Is not allowing yourself to be tricked. Not allowing yourself to be deceived. So do not call any psychic hotlines. Or get in any chat crew. Come on y'all listen to me. You're just opening up the door. And saying devil come trick me. Come deceive me. You're being very foolish if you do. If you have repent. And don't do it again. Why in the world. Would you need to ask a fallen spirit anything. When you got the spirit of the living God. Inside you. Right. Yes. Who has all the wisdom of God. Everything you need to know. Is already inside you. In the person of him. Seek him. Spend time waiting on him. Pray in the spirit. You'll get things for real. Things that are right. Things that will help you. Deliver you. Not trick you. Truth. That will make you free. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Luke 24, after Jesus was raised from the dead, he, he stood in the midst of them. So his spirit left his body and went down. And then he came back and got in his body and went up. And then he came back and paid them a visit. And they were terrified. And affrighted because they knew he had been dead. His body had been dead. And they thought they had seen a spirit. Verse 38. He said, why are you troubled? And why do thoughts arise in your heart? Behold my hands and my feet. It's I myself. Handle me and see. For a spirit has not flesh and bones as you see me have. Are spirits real? Jesus must have thought so. He's talking about them. What did he say about spirits? They don't have flesh and blood. You can't see them. He's talking about a disembodied spirit. Now, uh, for time's sake, uh, let me let me just cut to some some other things here. Go with me to the book of. Uh, Matthew, Matthew 12 and 22, there was brought one to Jesus who was possessed with a a devil. Now that's King James, that's not the correct word. The correct word is demon. And when people hear that word, they're so influenced by 
horror shows and all kind of stuff till they, they jump to conclusion. This is not a monster. This is a disembodied spirit that's defeated and stripped. You've been delivered from the power of darkness. Do you remember that? So none of them have any authority over you. But a demon blind and dumb. Now here's the thing that you can read right over. What was blind and dumb? The demon was a blind and dumb demon. Now somebody says, how is that? I can't tell you all about that. But I know it's true. And he healed this person that was affected by insomuch that the blind and dumb both spoke and saw. In Luke eleven fourteen, you don't have to turn there, but Luke eleven fourteen, Young's literal translation. It says he was casting forth a demon, and it was dumb. That means mute, couldn't speak. And it came to pass the demon having gone forth, the dumb man spake, and the multitudes wondered. When a spirit is yielded to, or a spirit finds place in the human host. It doesn't necessarily mean they're possessed. It means they have a place of influence. And what happens is the person, the human, takes on the characteristics of the spirit. The unseen entity. You'll hear about lying spirits. Well, what would the influence be then? People that yield to them, they start lying more and more. Deceiving spirits. People that yield to them, they more and more try to deceive. Unclean spirits. The more people yield to them, the more defiled they become. You remember the madman of Gadara? The scripture said he had an unclean spirit. He lived in the graveyards. He lived in tombs, in graves, and was naked. And the Bible said he cut himself with stones. Now where does cutting come from? You hear about cutting, don't you? You hear teenagers cutting themselves. You and you'll hear people try to give them drugs. Will the drugs make the spirit go away? No. Somebody said, well, they're, they're possessed. No, I didn't say they were possessed. Well, they need to be delivered. Well, that, there's a truth there. But the biggest thing they need to learn is how to resist the enemy for themselves. It's the biggest thing because even if they get temporary help, through somebody praying for them or ministering to them, they're not going home with them. They're not living with them the rest of their life. And these things will try to come back. And they are unseen. Everybody say unseen. unseen. But are they real? This is where you lose a lot of people. They're like, I, I'm not going to believe, you know, if I can't see it. Uh, how do I know it's real? It, that, and you have people that try to so adamant, I've been to school, I'm educated, I've got degrees. I don't believe in all that junk. I don't believe in unseen things. Well, you're being dishonest right now. You know you believe in unseen things. What are thoughts? 
What are thought? You can't put a thought under a microscope. You can't give some kind of chemical litmus test to a thought. What's love? What's hate? What's hope? What's despair? Where does creativity come from? These are spiritual. And they're influenced by spiritual forces, bad and good, depending on what you yield to. And many are yielding to influences without even realizing it. Thoughts come to them and they didn't cast them down. Feelings came to them, emotions and pushes and pulls, and they don't even believe this stuff exists. So they imagine this is just all coming out of me. And they just give place to it and yield to it. And it gets worse and worse. They're giving place to the enemy and don't even realize it. Now that doesn't mean in this case there was a spirit there that was involved in the, the muteness and the deafness. But Jesus didn't do that every time. There were times, another occasion, there was a person that was uh, um, deaf and didn't say he cast out a spirit. He just said, be opened. And it was. Folks might say, well, when, when do you rebuke and when do you not? There's no pat answer. There's, there's no set rule. You got to depend on the Holy Spirit. Amen. You need to be led. But here's something you can see. Remember that madman of Gadara? You wouldn't have to have discerning of spirits. You wouldn't have to be able to see into the realm of the spirit to know this man has a bad spirit. Right? Running around naked, living in the cemetery, cutting himself. He's tormented. Can you see that? He's tormented. The Spirit of God does not torment you. So it has to be a wrong spirit. Evil spirit, the word for evil is the word we use now, bad. The scripture said God didn't give us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Is there a spirit of fear? Are there spirits that try to put you in panic and, and cause you to have a panic attack? And, and, and what our generation wants to do is medicate it. Give you some new drugs. Well, they can put you in a stupor. Maybe you're not having a panic attack. But you don't hardly know what planet you're on. It's not a solution. And have you read the side effects? Oh, dear me. Yeah, maybe you're feeling chipper, but you may have a blood clot and you may have a heart attack and renal failure and this goes on. But you're hyper. Mrs. You, you shouldn't make, make fun. I'm not making fun. I'm saying it's not the solution. It won't deliver you. It won't set you free. If there's a spiritual influence, you can't take enough drugs to get rid of it. And you don't have to. Tell me what you can do. What do we find out in James? What do we find out in 1 Peter 5, James 4? Resist. Resist. Oh, somebody say resist. Resist. See, 
who's behind telling people you can't help but be depressed? Because of your DNA, because of your past life experiences, because of the chemical imbalances of your brain. What, what are they saying? Sorry, you are a depressed person and so you just have to accept being depressed and try to learn how to live with it and, and make the best you can with it. Who would tell you that? Who would tell you that? No. No child of God has to live depressed. Now if you've yielded to it for a year. Now here's the problem. You've got spirits that are tormenting Christians. That tormented their great grandmother. Well you know mama had those problems too. You know her mama had that too. Really? That's a coincidence? When somebody dies, if a spirit's been able to influence them, that doesn't mean they're possessed. It just means the person's giving place to them here and there. They're able to influence, they're yielding to their influences. When that person dies, they look for somebody who is the most like them. Because that's the easiest one to get to yield to them again. Because they learned it from them. I saw this years ago. My my dad. Man, I he never acted like he was afraid of anything as a boy when I was growing up. I mean, we were tough men, you know. You just you face anything, you know. You, of course, we were uh, armed as well. We're in the South. I mean, we got weapons and we got we got dogs and we got. <laughs> You know, country boy can survive. And my my grandmother, my which is a wonderful woman of God, wonderful woman of God. She was secretary and treasurer of the Pentecostal Church for something like I don't know, sixty years or something. I mean, multiple generations. She taught in Sunday school, influenced me. You may have heard me talk about it so wonderfully. But uh, a tornado had hit their house. This was back. I don't know, before I was old enough to even know about it. And she got this great fear of bad weather. And so, man, when a storm came up, she would just panic. And she would try to hide in the house somewhere. And just she was just a basket case until the storm went through. And uh, after she went home to be with the Lord, I don't know, it wasn't just a few months, a year or so after that, I was over by my dad's place and and a storm came through and he was panicking over it. And I was shocked. I'd never seen that in my life. I thought, what is this? I mean, we had a storm cellar and he wouldn't even go into it when the, the tornado was half blowing the barn away back years before. And now it lightens And thunders, and he's scared? I didn't understand it until years later. Everybody in the family said he was the most like his mother of any in the family. That thing, that spirit that had been tormenting her. Now, was she possessed with a devil? No way, no how. She's one of the most wonderful Christian women you'd ever want to be around. But was she yielding to something? 
that you shouldn't have yielded to. How do you know it was a wrong spirit? It was tormenting her. Come on, can you see that? It would torment her and vex her. That's a wrong spirit. And she didn't know enough, we didn't know enough, to even realize there was some spiritual entity at work here, much less to resist it, much less that we had authority. We we didn't know any of that. Our church, we didn't know any of that. I thank God for what I got through our church, but we didn't know any of that. Aren't we blessed today? I said, aren't we blessed today to learn some of these things, to know some of these things? Are these spiritual, invisible things, are they real? You, You don't have to, you know, have a lot of manifestation of the Spirit to know it. You just look around. You'll see people do horrible things and say, I don't know why I did that. I don't, I don't know why. And, and now they're ready to kill themselves. What happened? They yielded to wrong spirits. They got so depressed. They got so angry. They got in such a rage. They got in so much deception. They kept yielding and yielding and yielding. And what do these spirits want to do? What do they all want to do? Steal. Kill. Destroy. They hate the human race. They especially hate sons and daughters of God. Because we are what they can never be. But you and I should have zero fear. Because greater is he that's in us. Come on, is it true or not? Is it true or not? I'm telling you, when Jesus was ministering to people, how many have read Matthew, Mark, and Luke and saw he cast out a lot of spirits? Did he or not? Is he doing something imaginary or is it real? Well, we see right here, he cast out a spirit and the man who was dumb can speak. Somebody who was deaf could hear. That's not imaginary. Whatever spirit you yield to, you take on that spirit's characteristics and qualities, whether it be lying or unclean or whatever. Spirit of infirmity. Remember the woman that had the spirit of infirmity for 13 years and was bent over? 13 years, she's sick, 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 bent over, stooped over, can't be helped. But as soon as Jesus spoke to that, you're loosed. She stood straight up. What nothing could enable her to do. These things are real. We don't need to be afraid of them. We don't need to talk about the devil all the time. We don't need to see a demon under every bush and behind everything. But we do need to realize when it's lying, when it's deceiving, when it's tormenting, it's trying to steal, kill, and destroy something in our life. That's not God. What is it? It's something trying to move us to do wrong. Something's trying to influence us. Something's trying to tempt us to do wrong. You're not even wanting to think about it. And these thoughts just bombard you half the day. Where's that coming from? The unseen realm is real. Not to be feared, but it must be dealt with. It must be resisted. Oh, somebody say resist it, resist it, resist it. 
I mentioned my dad. Thankfully, right about that same time, we learned about faith. Hallelujah. And he himself realized what was going on and he stopped it. And he did not live with that torment. It was gone. It left him. Or somebody say it left him. Well, if you submit yourself to God and you resist the devil, tell me the rest of the verse. Tell me the rest of the He will flee. That tells you he didn't have any authority over you. He's only operating in the shadows where people don't resist him. People don't believe he exists. But that's not us. That's not Faith Life Church because Faith Life Church people are some of the most spiritually aware people in our generation. And they are some of the best spirit-led people. Is that right? We're learning about this. We're growing. Somebody say, I'm getting this. I'm, I'm getting this. Oh, thank you, Lord. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. 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 Whoo. Go to 2 Corinthians and let's, uh, let's close with this. 2 Corinthians 10, and I'm going to read something else while you're getting there. In 1 John 4, we put that on the screen. You're going to 2 Corinthians 10. 1 John 4 and 1. He said, Beloved, believe not every what? Spirit. But try or test or examine the spirits whether they are of God. Because many false prophets are going out into the world. You don't believe everything you hear. And you're always examining thoughts, feelings, influences, suggestions, promptings, pushings, pullings that are unseen. All the stuff in there. You're always saying, now where'd that come from? Where's that coming from? And you don't go, ooh, is it the devil? Ooh. He's a stripped, fallen being. All his cohorts are fallen beings. You've been completely delivered out from any of their control or authority. They have nothing over you. No power over you. No authority over you at all. Unless you give it to them. Yield it to them. But you're, you're always checking. Is it anxiety? Is it fear? Is it torment? That can't be God. Don't you give in to that. You resist that. You tell that that has to leave you. Is that right? And you mean business about it. And if it comes back day after tomorrow, you tell it to go. You never just give up and quit and lay there and be depressed and yield to the fear and think all the bad thoughts. If it's the Holy Spirit, what's it going to be? It's going to be good. It's going to be peace. It's going to be life and light and joy. It's going to bless you. Even if he corrects you, time he gets through with you, you'll feel good about it. And you need correction. But he's going to help you. He's going to show you the way out. He's not going to beat you down and leave you down. He's not going to vex you and torment things that vex you. 
that torment you are things you should put a stop to spiritually. Command it to leave you in Jesus' name. And here we see in 2 Corinthians, we've seen it before, but I want to go over it again. This describes the actual spiritual conflict, how it works. 2 Corinthians 10 and 3. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. We're walking in the seen, visible realm. But the things that are our problem are not in this realm. The enemy tries to convince you that they are. But how many remember Ephesians 6? We don't wrestle with flesh and blood. Now unspiritual people do. And during this Christmas season, there's been a lot of wrestling with flesh and blood. Are you kidding? Blowout fights, arguments, people deciding they hate each other, never want to see each other again. And, and for most of them, not even a clue that there was a spirit influencing on this side and a spirit influencing on that side and just trying to stir up strife and cause problems all the time and most people not even enough awareness to realize it or resist it. Just saying everything that crosses their mind just acting on these wrong feelings and having strife and chaos and these spirits are just yucking it up thinking how easy we are to manipulate and play. Now they don't, they don't just want to cause you problem. They want you to get so mad you kill somebody. Or at the very least, get so mad and out of control that you say some of the most ugly, demeaning things that people remember them for the next 30 years. But some way, somehow, do some damage. Say it out loud, I refuse, I refuse. to yield my voice my hands, my mind, any part of my being to wrong spirits. I purpose to yield my whole being to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, my mouth, my mind, my hands, my feet, all my resources, I yield to the Holy Spirit. Oh, the one and only, <laughs> greater one, the Holy Spirit. That cannot be said about any of these other spirits. None of them are holy. But the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of life, Spirit of light, the Spirit of truth, Woo. and He lives in you. Hallelujah. We, we are in the seen realm of the flesh, but we don't war and struggle after the seen realm, the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, they're not natural, but they are real and they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Now, we've touched on it and maybe we should look at it some more, but in Ephesians 6, he gives us seven things that protect us from these spiritual assaults. Truth protects us. That's the first thing he mentions. Righteousness protects us. The good news of peace protects us. Salvation protects us. Faith protects us. The Word of God protects us. 
Prayer protects us. All those things are mentioned in Ephesians 6 when he said, Take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand and withstand against all, resist all the wiles of the devil. So that no matter what he throws at you, what he comes against you, you recognize him before he turns the block. And you say, not in my house you're not. Not in my mind, not in my body. No, you don't. Get out of here in Jesus' name. Did Jesus do that? Did he rebuke and command? Well, he's our example. He shows you how to do it. Now, you can't control everybody else around you. And there's a whole lot of people, going. they're going to yield to these wrong things, and they're going to act like they don't exist, and that's why the world's such a mess. But you can have peace at your house. Hallelujah. And you can, ta- you can experience days of heaven because there is a void of the enemy's activity. If, if, if you nor those around you don't yield to the enemy, it's like he's behind a plate glass. Can't say anything, can't influence anything, can't do anything, because nobody will yield to him here. It's like he doesn't exist, which is where you want to keep it. But you want to yield to the Holy Spirit. He said, casting down imaginations are reasonings and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought. Everybody say every thought. thought. Does every thought matter? What is a thought? It's not physical. You can't see a thought. You can see the result, but you can't see a thought. Is a thought real? Then how can you say you don't believe in the unseen? What you want to examine is try the spirits, whether they're of God or not, which is one of the big reasons you should read your chapter every day. Is that right? You should come to church. You should learn about the Word of God, about the truth, so that you've got something to examine every thought against. And even without knowing the specific response, how did Jesus deal with the enemy attacking him in the onslaught those 40 days and nights? It is written. It is written. It is also written. But even if you don't know the response yet, is it vexing you? Is it tormenting you? Is it trying to put you in fear? Depression? You don't need to know anything else. Resist it. Oh, somebody say resist it. Resist it. Speak out against it. And the more it bothers you, lift your voice. Speak out loud against it. And call it by name. Depression? Leave me. Heaviness? Leave me. Confusion? We need to do it right now. Stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Everybody watching online? Let's act on this right now. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody's getting free today. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Now, we got people watching from all over, and we got people in different situations, so let's, you don't have any authority. You can't resist the enemy unless you first submit yourself to God. So say it out loud, I do. 
submit myself to God and to the Lord Jesus and to his word and to his spirit. I confess Jesus as Lord of my life. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for the authority that you have given me in that great name. And every evil thing, every evil influence that has oppressed me, I resist you in Jesus' name. Fear, leave me. Go away from me. Depression, heaviness, confusion, leave me. Get away from me. I don't want you. I give you no place in my life. Lying, deceiving, I choose the truth and I don't yield to you. Leave me in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. As some people need to say this, because and this is what folks don't understand. People say, well, I, they, they won't even tell anybody else. They've had all these thoughts of suicide. And they just, they just believe, well, I'm just messed up. I'm just messed up. That's not all coming from inside you. It's coming from outside to talk you into it, to influence you. Are you a believer? Then you're not your own. It's not your choice to just destroy your life or destroy your body. You've been bought with a price. You need to honor God and glorify God with your body and with your spirit, which are his. You'll be out of here soon enough as it is. You want to find out what you're supposed to be doing and do it. So say it out loud. Death, leave me. I will not hurt myself. Or kill myself. You foul spirits. Shut up. And go. In Jesus name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now I wish I could tell you. That the rest of your life. They'd never try to bother you again. But they're around. And, but if next week. They try to mess with you. Do you know what to do? Do the same thing you did right here. And if in a month from now or a year from now, what you do the same thing. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. And he'll flee from you. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands. Let's thank the Lord. Come on up, Phyllis. Let's lift our hands. Let's thank the Lord for his goodness, for his faithfulness. Oh, for his loving kindnesses and tender mercies. This is an area that has gone worldwide and most people are afraid to say anything about it or touch it. But the spirits of gay and lesbianism and all those things are the very same thing that he has been touching yeah, on. It's true. This is not you. It's not who you are. It's the very same thing he was just talking about with suicide. It's not in you. It's not who you are. It's these spirits coming to your mind that has gone down from generation to generation 
And it's people that are around you that are yielding to these spirits that you've become around that are trying to influence you that this is who you are. And it's tormenting. And it's tormenting. Just what he's been teaching on the whole day. It is tormenting you. Yeah, vexing you. It is vexing you. And we need to do the very same thing that he just did with all this other stuff. And we need to say, that is not me. And you need to stomp your foot. Yep. And you need to say, get out of here. That's right. And you may have to do it every day and a hundred times a day. Yep. And you may need to say, get out of here and leave me alone. That's right. That's right. Because it's not you. That's right. And you will never be happy being what God did not intend for you to be. That's right. Can't you'll, be. you'll never be happy being be. another person. God made you who you are. Yeah. You'll only be blessed. You'll only be happy. You'll only be graced to be who God intended you to That's be. That's right. That's right. That's the only way. That's right. God will prosper you in who he intended you to be. That's right. That's who you'll be happy being. Yes. So let's do it. Let's say, God, God. I will be, I will be who, you called me to be. who you called me Satan, to be. Satan, you take your hands off of me. Take your hands off of I me. I am blessed. Of the Lord. I am blessed. And I call, myself I call myself who God called me to be. Who God called me to be. I will not yield, I will not yield to any other spirits. To any other spirit. But the spirit, but the spirit of, God. of God. He is big in me. He is big and he can drive me. out any other spirit. And he drives out any other spirit. Because I yield to him. Because I yield to him. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now you say, Satan, Satan leave me alone. Leave me alone. Now stomp your foot. Go. Now and forever. Leave me alone. In Jesus, name. In Jesus' name. Now you may have to do that again and again and again and again and again. And you start doing that, and the other will get stronger and stronger and stronger inside of you. Right. And you'll get happier and happier and happier. Right. And you'll find your happiness coming back to you that you've missed for so long. Yes. Can you yes. say amen? Yes. Amen. Yes. yes. Amen. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. There are so many ways in the world. When you say the world is pushing something so hard, you, it should be an enlightenment to you. Our desires don't define us. Don't tell you who and what. Where did that come from? Where did that influence? Try the spirits. Right? No, no. Look to God. To him to tell you who you are. What you are. And believe it. Receive it. Resist everything else. And you'll develop in the good things. In the right things. In the light. And you can have a good life. And a fulfilled life. Hallelujah. Do you believe it child of God? The whole world. Is under the power of the evil one. And you and I. Are the light of the world. <laughs> We're supposed to be very. Very different. Is that right? We're commanded don't be conformed. To the world. We're to be very very different. As different as light is. From darkness. That's us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're the light of the world. The light should be free. The light should be happy. 
The light should be prosperous and successful. Is that right? Victorious. Somebody say, that's me, that's me, that's me. Now, anything that tries to influence you the wrong way, cut it off. Get away from it. Hmm? I know I've talked about it before, but a friend of mine, back, I don't know, 40 years ago, 50, he was one of the worst drug addicts in his county, involved in selling drugs. He took so many hard drugs, he messed up his brain. And he just, he couldn't hold a decent conversation with you. It's obvious he was not all there. But a pastor saw him on the street and went and told him that the Lord loved him and led him to the Lord. And brought him to church. He got saved. He got delivered. But he still had that thing with his brain. But learned over the next few years about faith. And a God who can do miracles and do anything. He got all his mentality back. And got even brighter than he had been before that. Found a wonderful lady and married her. Went into the ministry. Started a church that's been very successful for decades now. And a few years ago, I, I was talking to him about it, and, and I said, what are some of the things that helped you the most? And he said, uh, well, one was the love of God. That pastor expressed to me the love of God, and it was real to me. I, I, he loved me, and God loved me. That helped get me in. But he said, then I realized once I got in, I had to sever my contacts and relations with that old world. I knew if I continued hanging around my current friends, I would not stay free. And even though he said it was heart-wrenching, because that's my friends. That's who I grew up with. That's, that's the only friends I have. But he said all they lived for was doing drugs, getting high, partying, selling drugs, making money. He said I had to cut it off. Everybody say cut it off. He, he had to find new friends. He had to build a new life, and many people won't do that. That's why they slide back into it. That's why they yield to the wrong influences. So cut off whatever has been trying to pull you the wrong way, push you the wrong way. Cut it off. Even if it's tough, do it. You don't want them to drag you back down. Get them to come your way, and if they won't, well, then you just go different ways. Cut it, somebody say, cut it off, cut it off, cut it off. Cut off the contact, cut off the influences. Don't go to those places, don't hang around those people. Or if it's at school, don't hang around with that crowd. The Spirit of God's trying to help somebody. You, you got to change crowds. It's not easy. But if you want to be, if you want a good life, if you want to be happy, if you want to be fulfilled, make that change right now. Father, I pray for everybody under the sound of my voice. Give them the wisdom. Give them the understanding. Help them to recognize the changes that must be made. Guide them and show them. It's not that they hate these people, but these people have made up their mind. They're going to yield to these wrong spirits. And you cannot help them by joining them and letting your life be destroyed too. Help them to see and make them strong, Lord, to make the decisions they need to make. I ask it in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge 
by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.